Yeah, Kaplan and LZ. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano. What's up, everybody? All right, here's a little more holiday music for you, LZ. I like that. You know this song never cracked the top 10 yet? Really? Yeah, I think I'm going to start a campaign to see if we can correct that. This is I a, love this, this part. This is an amazing song. Love this song. Let's crank it up, Bronny. Let's go. Really? Really, LZ? You're going to do this? You're, I said you're crank like, it up, Laura's dang not it. even here today, and you're going to get her to call into the show to just yell at us. Crank it up, dang it. Why? Why will George be upset? Does he No, does he Laura feel? would be. Oh, Laura. Es un burrito. Si. I know this song gets... is amazing. I love this song. Yeah, it makes me feel very holiday-like. I like this song very much. Exactly. So you, you, your poll about uh, the Temptations versus Boys to Men, mm-hmm. and Lewis Riddick said just recently that he's a Temptations guy. Karen Kay said she's a Temptations girl. You and me both went old-school Motown Temptations. And Steve Mason just texted me and said it's boys to men and it's not even close which technically is not accurate because based upon the polls it is close quite close as a matter of fact it's close in fact boys to men are actually leading the poll barely barely by sliver by sliver i really love boys to men these dudes wait 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 Oh. That is richness, man. Mm. That is rich, layered, beautiful vocals right there, man. That's way back in the day, Scotty, when you had to sing to get a recording contract. Yeah, I have a question, though. Yes. Didn't Boys to Men originally have like four guys? And yeah. now if you see Boys to Men, there's only three guys? Yep. Okay, so one of one of them has health problems. Oh, is that the deal? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's I, that's what happened. I didn't know that. So so they didn't want to replace the fourth boy to men. Or or two man. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't want to place the boy or the two man. Yeah. Um no, 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 no. So uh, I believe Michael, the bass. Um, is the one who's dealing with health issues and is not able to tour with them. Got it. Is he the guy that used to carry the cane in all the uh, videos? He was the one that was stealing your girl all the time. Because of the voice. Because so, if you had a girl, he was like, hey, baby. Yeah. Why are you with Scotty Kaplan? <laughs> so you can be with the real man. Yeah. He's just the boys. I'm what he's <laughs> trying to be. A man. Yeah. Oh! do love boys to men i do believe my someone's conceived to this song maybe i gotta do the math <laughs> i gotta do the math i know there's some hanky panky happening in this song i can't remember if it was a guy or a girl or if i was a married or not but i know something went down during this song dang it i remember that part you know let me dig into this a little bit i'm gonna have to ask some questions here How about boys to men no you were saying boys or girls i mean explain huh. that well, sometimes, Scotty, when the boy and the girl like each other, they get together and mm-hmm. they hug. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> they hug. Okay. They hug. Yeah. There. Yeah. We're a Disney radio station, so I'm not going to go too much deeper than that. Okay. Got it. Yes. And sometimes when two girls like each other, they hug. Mm-hmm. And on occasion, 
when two boys like each other, they also hug. Got it. There you go. I Okay, now I understand it. I understand it now. <laughs> I, you have taught me the birds and the bees in all of about 30 seconds. Sometimes I taught you about the birds and the birds. Sounds that way. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but you see, I thought, I thought birds and birds were, were, were playing together, and then you mentioned birds and bees p- playing together. Yeah, you know, it's all about the variety and spice of life. Speaking of spice of life, have yeah. you seen the most recent pictures of James Harden? I haven't. Has he done something to the beard? Bruh, the beard, I can't see the beard because of his belly. No Good way. God almighty, dude, stay away from the spicy foods. Stay away from the well-seasoned foods. Push away from the, the all-you-can-eat buffets in Vegas. He is looking like, like woo. You really? Remember when Sean, you remember when Sean Kemp showed up in Cleveland? Yeah, fat, juicy. <laughs> juicy. Yeah. This dude, I'm looking at this picture right here. And I'm like, bruh, Brooklyn don't want you like this. All right, wait a don't second. You... I, just, I just Googled it. I got to see what picture you're looking at. I got to see how fat he is. There is a picture of him that is circulating right now that has him looking rotund. Really? Yes. So Rot- I... Here, rotund for a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say something. I, I really love today that Giannis re-signed in Milwaukee. I love when guys want to stay with one team, want to reward a team, want to reward a city. Like, I guess in my romantic mind, I wish that LeBron only played for Cleveland and never left the small town, which was his hometown. And Laker fans are like, what are you, stupid? No, you understand what I'm saying, right? I, I love the fact that Giannis was willing to stay. Now, look, $225-plus million might make anybody stay in Milwaukee. I got it. But I think we all kind of feel like, and Harden is an example of this, like when you're an American, you're like, okay, I don't want to be here in Milwaukee. I want to be in L.A. I want to be in New York. I want to be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Giannis being from Greece, maybe that's not ingrained, whereas a guy like Harden, who's an American player, is like, I'm not happy. I'm out of here. I want to go there, That, that place right there. That's where I want to go. What do you think? Um, I would say that I don't necessarily think it's a good or a bad thing if players want to stay with the team that drafted them. I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent about that. Um, however, I, do, I don't give him extra credit for choosing to stay in Milwaukee. I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not a badge of honor to take the most money that's available to you. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Y'all acting like he's standing in Milwaukee for free. <laughs> it was a supermax for five years and $228 million. Yeah. Y'all acting like he was like, oh, man, this team drafted me. I want to stay loyal. You know, whatever you think is fair is good for me. He didn't do that. No, but what he didn't do is jump ship and just automatically say, hey, I'm going to go join AD and LeBron because I got to be in L.A. because I got to make movies. No, he didn't do that. But I'm pretty sure if every other team in the league was able to offer him the exact same money, that maybe the conversation might be a little bit more involved. But there was only one team in position to offer him that amount of money. So we can sit up here and romanticize you know, the 80s and 90s, all we want. Or we can accept the fact that these young men 
have finally embraced their full power and realize that their futures doesn't have to be dictated by other people. Like, why is it okay? Now you got me all upset, Scotty. Why is it it okay Mm -hmm. for Danny Ainge to trade for KG and Ray Allen to form a, a big three, and he gets applauded for being a genius exec, but heaven forbids three friends decide let's all play together. Heaven forbids that Wade and LeBron and Bosh said, hey, let's all play together, and yo, Miami's a cool city, let's do that. Heaven forbid that happens. If Pat Riley had pulled off a trade that have gotten Bosh and, and LeBron and Wade together in Miami, We'd be going, oh, my God, executive of the year, blah, 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 blah. But because the brothers did it themselves, all of a sudden now it's cheating. We got to get out of that mentality, man. That is a wrong mentality to have about the entrepreneurial spirit that has taken over professional sports. I actually really love this conversation. I'd love to dig a little deeper into this, and we will. Let's do it. Let's do it. But coming up, um, this past Saturday night, There was UFC 256, and there were a couple of fights, and I'm no UFC expert. I'm usually the guy that only buys a pay-per-view, and it's Conor McGregor because he's sold me as a showman. I I watch these fights this weekend. ESPN's Ariel Helwani is going to join us to talk about this. You didn't have to see him because they were all over Twitter. This one guy punched this guy from his back, hit him in the top of the forehead, knocked him out on his knees, got up, held his head with his left hand, and smashed his face with his right hand like a bunch of savage beasts. Oh, my goodness. I got all, I got all crazy there for a second. You did. Very emotional. Uh, Ariel Helwani is coming up next on Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, it's Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. Happy holidays, everybody, wherever you may be. Whether you're driving around L.A. right now listening on your radio or you are somewhere else in the world listening on the ESPN app, I always listen on the TuneIn app, so if that's where you are, Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano along with LZ. So, mm-hmm. LZ, I have a feeling like tonight we may want to bleed into the Sliwa event tonight. I mean, we got so much we still haven't talked about. I mean, we keep going for hours. Well, that's what happens when two people are having an engaging conversation, my friend. Yeah, well, I am. I'm that's... having an engaging – well, I mean, I'm on the receiving end of somebody having an engaging conversation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So, LZ, I, I got to yes, tell sir. you, I, I do not, I'm not like the biggest UFC mixed martial arts guy. I don't know who any of the fighters are normally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know who the superstars are. And this past weekend on Saturday night, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, I wound up watching the UFC 256 card. And there were two fights in particular. A guy named Kevin Holland. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter. It's been bouncing around. He's on his back. He's getting punched on. He, he reaches up and punches this other dude. Okay, Mm. 
hits him in the top of the forehead. Guy is out cold on his knees. And Holland, this savage, gets up and he takes his hand, his left hand, and he holds the guy's head and he starts smashing his face, man. It was crazy. And then the main event, this guy, Brandon Moreno from Tijuana, this guy, everybody expected this guy to get beat. And let me tell you something. I've never seen heart like this. This is one of the best mixed martial arts, five rounds, just two guys going at it all night long. And a majority decision that, that went to the champ instead of the guy who I thought should have won, even though the other guy had a point deducted. So I thought maybe we could spend a minute talking to Ariel Helwani from ESPN, who's really an MMA UFC expert, and spend some, some time with us. You ready to do that, LZ? Absolutely, man. Where's right, Ariel? Ariel. All right, on the Celebrity Hotline, Morongo, play it safe, good times. Ariel, how are you, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you for having me, and I'm impressed uh, as a self-proclaimed non-MMA slash UFC fan that you would check out UFC 256. I hope that you feel like it was the right choice because, actually, in my opinion, that was the card of the year, so I think that you picked the right one. Yeah. I, I, it's wow. not that I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-UFC. I'm not anti-mixed martial arts. I'm not, that doesn't, I'm not pro-boxing, anti-MMA. It's just that I, people who are into MMA and UFC, I mean, they're in it, and they know all the fighters. Me, I'm kind of on the fringe. I'm a, I'm a big show kind of fan. These two fights in particular, though, uh, Ariel, the Kevin Holland thing. Can you explain this to LZ? Because I've never seen anything like it where a guy can land a punch as effectively from his back the way he did. Can you t talk us through that? Yeah, and, and let me paint the picture for you for a second. Kevin Holland has fought five times in 2020. Now we're talking about a year with the pandemic and all the craziness going on and MMA fighters, you know, a lot of them have been getting COVID because they don't really take it all so seriously. And of course, when you're training, you have to be all up in each other and all that stuff. This guy has fought five times since May. So that's five times in seven months in the history, in the modern history of the UFC. So dating back to 2000, only two other fighters have gone five and zero in a calendar year. He was four and zero going into this fight. So he was going to, you know, tie uh, a record that had only been done twice, 2007, 2014. As you said, he wins the fight. So a big deal for him. He's not just some guy on the roster, big deal. That other dude that you talked about that he knocked out is one of the best fighters in the history of the sport. A guy named Jacare Souza, a Brazilian fighter. He's up there in age a little bit. He's 41 now, so his better days are, are behind him. But still, beating someone like Jacare is an amazing accomplishment for Kevin Holland. And this was the biggest fight of his career. So here he is fighting Jacare, whose specialty is on the mat, and who he revealed after the fight, when he was 17, he had a dream that he was fighting Jacare when Jacare was in his prime, and Jacare was beating him up and tying him into a pretzel on the mat. In that moment, right before he punched him in the face, off his back, he actually says, if you go back to the clip, he goes, he says to Jacare, I had a dream about this. Mm -hmm. And then he punches him in the face off his back, which takes <laughs> incredible power strength, athleticism, and then finishes him again. For those that don't know Kevin Holland, I equate him, I've called him, and I actually interviewed him earlier today, and I said this to him, and amazingly, he didn't know who the person was that I was talking about, and I know you, you both will kind of laugh at this and will kind of age us, but I said, you are the UFC's version of Gary Payton, because the guy doesn't shut up. He literally walks out, he's talking the entire time, he gets in the cage, talking the entire time, he's talking during the introduction, he's talking during the fight, he's telling him, I dreamed about this, he knocks him out, he's talking after the fight. And I said, just so you know, this is a compliment. Gary Payton didn't shut up, he backed it all up, but the guy just never stopped talking. So if you want to try to like paint the picture of who Kevin Holland is right now, he's our version of Gary Payton, and he's had an incredible year, and that was an amazing way to end an incredible year. 
Absolutely. And, you know, to your, to your point, um, when you think about the way that just all combat sports have trended in over the last few decades, where fighting multiple times a year uh, just doesn't happen for monetary business structure reasons, for one player, for one fighter to fight five times in one freaking calendar year, not even a real calendar year, a broken calendar year because of the COVID. Do you foresee anyone else being able, anyone else that you're cognizant of anyway right now, being able to repeat a similar feat? Not even just going five and zero, just being willing to fight five times in a year. Well, the, so the amazing thing is, again, this started in May. So he did it five times in seven months. And then after the fight, he gets on the mic and he says, so they have one more UFC event this year, 2020, this Saturday, December 19th. He asked the UFC to book him on that card. He wanted the record. He wanted to go 6-0. and They have enough fights. They couldn't find him an opponent. So it's not going to happen. And I asked him. He can today, fight Scotty. No, <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I, I said, next year, like this time next year, do you want to fight for the belt? Like, you, you want to have already fought for the middleweight title, 185 belt, or do you want to, you know, be booked in a title fight? He said, right now, I don't care about that. I just want that record. I want to go 6-0 and next year. So this guy is determined. And if there's, and he's a young guy. He's 28. He's just a really great story and someone that people can get behind. In fact, his grandparents live in California, in Southern California. He, he left the arena on, on – uh, on Saturday night and didn't party, didn't do anything, got in his car and drove to see his grandparents in, in uh, California um, late at night just to, to be able to go to church with them on Sunday morning. So he's a special kind of character. And what I love about him is the confidence and the fact that he doesn't shut up and the fact that he backs it up. This is a guy that I think we'll be talking about next year as one of the best fighters in the UFC. And, you know, the UFC hasn't stopped. They've done events since July 11th. July 11th to December 19th, they have not taken a weekend off. It's pretty incredible. And, of course, they've lost some fights due to COVID and whatnot. But guys like Kevin Holland have been able to take advantage of it, and they've been able to fight more this year because so many fights have been, you know, falling off and late-notice late, late notice stuff and, and, and people getting can- COVID and having to cancel their fights and all that. And he's been able to take advantage. So, you know, there's been a lot of bad things, but there's a bunch of Kevin Hollands out there in the UFC this year that have taken advantage and have uh, fought frequently and now are, you know, on the verge of becoming – big stars in the sport. All right. Ariel Helwani is here on Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan in today for George. So, Ariel, let me ask you this. Um, I, you, you paint this picture of this kid as being this sweetheart going to church the next day with his grandparents, and I saw a freaking beast in there. Not only did he knock that guy out on his knees, punching him in the, in the head and telling him I was dreaming about this as a kid, which was the most bizarre thing, because LZ, you can hear it all because there's no crowd to, to, to drown it out. Right. But then when he got on top of him and he held his head with his left hand and smashed his face with his right, that guy is a freaking beast. I was afraid of that guy, man. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I've become somewhat, like, immune to this. Uh, there are moments where I'm like, geez, Louise. And maybe it's because I'm getting older. You know, I'm, I'm almost 40 now, and I've been doing this for so long and watching these fights for so long. But I don't have that reaction anymore. To me, it's more like, wow, what what a move. I mean, I've never seen someone do that off his back, right? Like usually you knock someone out, you know, you're on your feet, things like that. But like to do that off your back, think about the power that that takes. It's pretty remarkable. And then when you consider who he did it to a legend of the sport, a guy who's, you know, one of the all time best at 185. It's, it's really remarkable, but yeah, I don't, I don't have those reactions. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you may have seen it. 
someone got slammed on their head, like he got picked up and slammed. And that one was a little tough, especially because he was really stiff and didn't move for a while. And I'm not saying that I celebrate this. And there's definitely times where I have these like inner monologues where I'm like, eh, maybe this isn't, you know, the safest thing. Or, you know, it would be nice if these guys got paid a little more to do this and had health insurance and all this stuff. But um, I will admit I, I have become desensitized to it. And I don't have it's, – it's funny to talk to someone like yourself who maybe doesn't watch as much as me and like, that is insane. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I take a step back. That is insane. Like, it is. Fighting it is exactly insane. for everyone. And I, and I <laughs> so totally violent. admit that. It's so real, freaking violent. Real, real quick for you, this is a yay or no because we got to go. Clarissa okay. Shields, who I'm a fan of, two-time Olympic gold medalist in boxing, is jumping into MMA. Will her skills translate? Will she be a success of MMA the way she was in boxing? It's going to be tough. You need wrestling. Wrestling is the best foundation. She doesn't have the wrestling. Uh, if you had to pick one foundation to go in with, it would be wrestling. She's a skillful athlete, obviously pound for pound great, but she's going to have to do a lot of wrestling. To be a top-tier fighter – you're going to have to work on your wrestling, and it's going to take more than just six months of doing it. All right, there you go. Ariel, right. hey, it's great to talk to you. Thanks, man. I wish we had more time because I really wanted to tell you how much I thought Brandon Moreno won that fight, that main event. But huh. I guess I'll have to just save Next that for me, or we'll have to talk it out on Twitter, dude. Yes, sir. All right, Ariel, okay, thanks, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, yeah real Happy pleasure. Chinooka. Yeah, happy uh, Chinooka to you, you is right. Smokey Robinson, the man. My, my man. Chinooka to you guys. There you go. Right <laughs> back at you, brother. Thank you. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Sedano and LZ on a Tuesday afternoon. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano. I got two TVs going right now in my studio, LZ. I've got Uh the... Spectrum Sportsnet Lakers Compacto show going on. Mm-hmm. Lakers 102, Clippers 80, Ooh, third quarter, close. a minute 50 to go. <laughs> any, any player in particular catching your eye during this game? Not really, because it's kind of out of the corner of my eye. I don't know why. Okay. I just have it on for some – I think I have it on just for, for background to make me feel sportsy, I think. Yeah, that's important. You that, know? that is important. If, I, if you're Kyle Kuzma – where, where are you right now, Cap? Where, where are you right now? I, I know what he said publicly, but, but where do you think he is right now watching the hype, watching the performance, watching LeBron co-sign? Where do you think he is? Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. I mean, I'm going to be like raw honest with you here. I think he's kind of got a bit of a – I think his attitude is too big. I think he's a guy who should really love his role on this team and should embrace who he is, who he's playing with, who he's playing for, where he's playing, and the time with which he's playing. And I think that Kyle Kuzma would be a better player, a better teammate, a better um, representative of the organization in the media. I think it would be... Everything could be great for him if he would just love his role. And I sense, just a sense of perception, that he doesn't, that he wants more. 
I think all guys should want more, but in a weird way. I, I, that's my perception of him. What do you think? Is that on, off? How far off am I? What do you think? Uh, um, and I wasn't thinking along those lines. I was trying to figure out when Coach Vogel was telling us that THT was putting in work in practice, who he was putting in work against. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of me that wonders if Kyle Kuzma got some. There's a piece of me that wonders that because of the physical manner in which THT plays. He's really good at bumping dudes off his body. And Kyle Kuzma throughout the, the time that I've seen him really flies off a guy's body once he gets bumped. <laughs> so I just wonder what those practices look like. Like he's not bumping Braun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is he bumping off, you know, all the guards? Yeah, probably. You know, but once you get past your initial defender and you got to get in there with the big boys, who is he bumping off to finish his plays that impress Vogel? And I was just curious about, you know, Kyle, because the things you're hearing, you know, from people and seeing on social media about THT's performance thus far are very reminiscent of what you heard about Kyle Kuzma during his preseason run. And the difference is, of course, is that one, the expectations of the Lakers are significantly different. And two, um, Kyle Kuzma was at Utah when he was 20. <laughs> Freaking THT is trying to, was already in the NBA Finals and is trying to put in more work at 20. So I, I'm just curious. I was just interested from your perspective if, you know, what you may have thought Kyle Kuzma's mindset was and, you know, how this thing might play out as the season goes on. Well, let me ask you this. It mm-hmm. Is... Do you think there's any chance that a THT gets PT over a guy like Kuz or or cuts into his playing time? Very possible. It's really possible. If if he is proven to be able to continuously, consistently, effectively guard those wing players like he did the other night against Paul George as well as Kawhi, I mean, ripping Kawhi just – butt-ass naked, ripping him in the middle of the floor. (laughs) Like, if he's able to consistently do that, then the question of, you know, where do you play him gets minimized greatly. You know, KCP and and Danny Green for his last season were two guards who oftentimes would be switched on bigger players and would have to guard them. If THT is able to do that consistently – then hell to the yeah, he's taking some of Kuz's minutes. Yeah, I think I went too deep on the initial question. I think I went just a little too deep. But I think my point is that that I, I feel like there's hype around THT. There was hype around Kuz. This yeah. offseason, him talking about kind of his expectations of what he's going to eventually get, and then him kind of pulling himself off Twitter, he just... He just kind of seems like like he's letting things bother him. It's my perception, okay? I'm not around him every day. I'm not in practice. I'm not having Zoom calls with him. I haven't heard LeBron say anything good or bad. I'm just It's a perception. That's all. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I would agree with you. And listen, it is an embarrassment of riches when you can have a player as talented as Kuzma is offensively, and he's working better in the other aspects of the game, being pushed – by an even younger player who is also showing skill and promise. Because last season, we were a very old team 
that got across the finish line, this season we're young or younger. But when you look at Schroeder, when you obviously look at Kuz, you look at THT, um, you know, look at uh, um, Trez, um, we're younger, right? But if you're telling me that we're not just younger to support LeBron James and AD, but we're younger and we're grooming them to supplant eventually the production of a LeBron James, that's an embarrassment of riches. Not that I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I like the phrase. Hey, by the way, it's one twelve eighty six. Lakers over the Clippers, 9.45 to go in the fourth quarter because I'm watching it, because I'm watching the, the compact <laughs> version. And you know what just happened in this game? Jared right. Dudley just hit a three-pointer and celebrated like, like, hey, look, I made one. Hey, that, cool, that, right? He, he stands there first with his arms outstretched, and right. then he does his customary three-finger run down the, the sideline thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you not love Jared? I, I, dude, I love him. I think it's great. I think uh, to have a guy, you know, who's at his age at this point and who's been in the league for as long and who looks like what he looks like because he looks he looks average now. You know, like you know, LeBron is just freaking chiseled and just still looks like the man. You know, yep. I mean, Jared Dudley looks kind of normal. He looks like James Harden does right now. Oh my God! You did sent you see me the that picture? picture? I did. Whoa, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> Jeez. Look, I know you try to get out of Houston, but looking like you ate Texas is not the way to do it. <laughs> Having some of those uh, lemon pepper wings at the strip club, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, man. man. He didn't have lemon pepper wings. He just had a lemon pepper chicken. He ate the whole chicken. That, that, the whole that, rotisserie. Yeah, that looks like a dude who's like, all right, look, I want out of this team. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up. I'll be a little bit out of shape. Okay, not too far out of shape, but I'll be out of shape. And then yep. what I'll do is when I move on, that's when I'll really get myself into shape. I guess, though, you know, history has shown that those players, the ones who show up like that in the preseason, tend to have a season of injuries. Unless That's where history has shown. Unless you're Shaq. What do you mean? Especially if you're Shaq. Shaq used to roll up out of shape. And how many seasons did he play 80 games? Well, yeah, because he knew that they only needed him (laughs) for the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. This is so funny. You sent this tweet. James Harden is back. And, and the, the comments afterwards, me and Harden got the same quarantine energy. James Harden on that IPA diet. You know? I looked at it, dog, and I was like, who photoshopped this? Man, stop. Leave James alone. Yeah. And then I kept digging. And I was like, oh, no, dude showed up fat because he gives zero. He oh gives God. zero right now. Oh, this is great. This one, that's Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Rec leaves <laughs> James about to hit a 40 burger on and off the court. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I understand his frustration from an intellectual level. I understand it. But the way he's behaved and now the way that he has showed up, why are we wondering why he hasn't won a chip yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely looks like that's your best player. He, he Doing looks, that? Right, like a guy who's like, hey, offseason, it was too short, man. I didn't have time to chill, and I didn't have time to get back into shape. So I'm here. At least I'm here, right? Yeah, I guess. Doing but, everybody a favor by showing up. Man, I just looked, and I was like, damn, James. That ain't the way, dog. That's like a singer who wants to get out of that contract, purposely singing off key, thinking that's the ticket. <laughs> that's not the ticket, man. I mean, he looks like a guy who should be playing in a three-point stance at defensive end right now. If you're a 
team owner and you're thinking of making him the number one player for your team for the foreseeable future and you see the way he's behaved the half the past two weeks and then he showed up just out of shape and fat what does that mean in terms of how he's going to perform when the goings gets rough look to me he's a great scorer he's not a champion you know i i never thought that about patrick ewing you know i never thought about like alonzo mourning that way i mean they they couldn't get over on michael jordan and the bulls but i never thought of those guys as being you know they're great scorers but they're not great champions i thought of those guys as being champions having championship heart you know i I look at harden right now and i see a guy who can score but not win and show up you know looking looking pretty beefy all right lz coming up Mm -hmm. things we need to know we all need to know what you need to know is coming up next And uh, also on the way, there seems to be a bit of a battle brewing, I'm trying to put it mildly, between Keyshawn Johnson and the USC Athletic Director Mike Bone. We want to get into that coming up. What you need to know is next on Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What you need to know, Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano, LZ in the house. Morongo, play it safe, good times. What you need to know, LZ, LZ, you'll have to tell me if you need to know this or not, but okay. did you know that today Don Johnson, the former star of Miami Vice, mm-hmm. did you know that Don Johnson today turns 71? Is he really? Mm-hmm. He looks great. I saw the movie Knives Out that he's in. He looks good. He looks like he's in his late 50s. Don Johnson was the man when I was a kid, dude. The man. I'm telling you, Crockett and Tubbs. Miami Vice, that was like must-see TV. You know, two badass cops in Miami, sport jackets and T-shirts and linen pants and, <laughs> uh, and, and Ferraris. And then, and then just add to it, this theme was great. But then Phil Collins. Right. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No, 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 no. Don, Don had it rolling. Remember, he also had that hit song. I think it hit number five on the charts. Heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I can feel your heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, Don Johnson did do that, didn't he? <laughs> Unfortunately, he did, and I remember it for some reason. Yeah. It's not in the system. I wish I could have pulled it. I know. That, that to me, is like my Eddie Murphy, my girl wants to party all the time, holding his left ear with the headphone. You, you stop it right there, sir. Eddie Murphy has multiple hits, not just one, multiple yeah. hits. But that's my favorite. And he's saying in Dreamgirls. I love Eddie Murphy. So he's a real singer. He's no, you know, one-hit wonder, damn it. Don Johnson. Last Don time I Johnson. feel like I saw Don Johnson, I feel like it was uh, like Tin Cup or something. That long? So you didn't see Knives Out? Mm-mm. Oh, it's a really good movie. He was just in uh, Watchmen on HBO as well. Really? He was? Oh, Wait, yeah. who was, who yeah, was he uh, in Watchmen? Uh, he was the sheriff. Oh, my gosh. Good call. Sure was, wasn't he, huh? Yes. Don't wow. know it. Don't know it. Watchmen's really good, too. 
He's got Don, good genes. Yeah, Don Johnson's good. I like Don Johnson. Fan. Yeah. Fan yeah. of Don Johnson. I'm uh, I, I'm a fan of his daughter. Who's, Who's his daughter? Uh, Dakota. Dakota Fleming or Fanny or whatever No, uh, No, uh, Dakota Johnson from Shades of Grey. Oh, I thought her last name was Fanny or whatever. Mm. Mm. No? I, didn't, right. I didn't know that. Mm. She's in the Shades of Grey, huh? Yeah. Oh, I didn't okay. see any of those movies, Shades of Grey. You're not I the did. audience, Scott. I, I I saw it. And? I didn't even know she was in it. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you about the guy. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. KYP, know your personnel, Scotty. I understand. Know your personnel, baby. I got you. Uh, okay, there you go. What you need to know. Hey, LZ, you ready <laughs> to move on? I, w- I want to get into this, this Keyshawn versus Mike Bone deal. You ready to get in on this? Absolutely. All right. So for everybody that's just getting here, let's let's kind of set up the story. Look, there's this thought. I don't really exactly know why, other than this belief that SC, for some reason, belongs in the college football playoff. And look, if you are a traditional college football fan and you think about the great programs and the history, teams that have won national championships, teams that have produced Heisman Trophy winners, teams that have produced great NFL players and Hall of Famers, SC is part of that conversation. Can we agree on that, LZ? Yes, we can. And, and through the Pete Carroll era, through the Reggie Bush era and Carson Palmer and Matt Leinart, and through that era, SC was at the top of the college football world. Yep. But as of today, when you think about really the upper echelon of college football today, There are traditional powers like Alabama. All of a sudden, Notre Dame is very much back. Uh, Clemson has become a traditional year-in, year-out championship contender. And Ohio State is really the class of their conference that has heritage schools like Michigan, Penn State, and so on. So, for some reason, everybody thinks SC belongs now in the conversation with the college football playoff. And they're not in it, LZ. They're, they're, not even, they're not even sniffing it. Today they moved up in the college football playoff rankings. They're at like number 13. They're not even close. If they were five or six, I'd understand the fight. What do you think about SC and the argument that they should be considered for the college football playoff? What do you say to that? Well, who's making the argument? Is SC making it? Because if SC's not fighting for itself, what am I doing over here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, F, if SC is looking at Ohio State, with its 5-0 and record and its very unimpressive resume, and they don't feel a need to chirp up and fight for themselves, then why should I bother? It's, this is really kind of my positioning. You catch me off guard a lot, man. You do. Um, with the way you thing? think about stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, as a matter of fact, right. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, okay, you bring up a really interesting point because Mike Bone, the athletic director from SC, And a lot of times, LZ, you'll tell us full disclosure. I love that phrase you use, full disclosure. My full disclosure is Mike Bone is a friend of mine. And I don't mean like we go to dinner and hang out with our wives and girlfriends because he got a wife and I got a girlfriend. But, I mean, we're friends. We've been friends a long time. And and I like Mike. Mm -hmm. But but your point is is that he's not fighting for SC. So let's let's let him speak for himself. Here it goes. This is from the Freddie and Fitzsimmons show on ESPN Radio. So when I get off at 10 o'clock at night, this is what comes on in the air. And here's what Mike Bone said to Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Let's play it. Obviously, I think the, their uh, brand and their recent performance certainly helps them immensely. I mean, coming to 
uh, FC after spending six years in the state of Ohio at the University of Cincinnati. I get a good sense of, of what the, their prowess is and and the way they've accomplished so many different things. So my hat's off to them. I've competed against them uh, uh, in from numerous institutions, and I understand that. But uh, I think that's why Friday's a big opportunity for us. I really do. I mean, when you start comparing some of the different power indexes and so forth, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But our focus right now is on Friday. All right, LZ, what do you think about what Mike Bone said here? If I went to my husband and I asked, hey, do you love me? And he goes, you know, when I think about all the people that are out there in the world, you know, that I can love and, and have chosen to love and have fallen out of love, you know, you're right there in the conversation along with some other great guys I've been with. And, uh, you know, we're just going to see how this plays out on Friday. No, I mean, what the hell was that? First of all, and this is, I promise you, no shade to the show. None. Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Great show, the whole nine. No shade thrown whatsoever. What time are they on? It's probably about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. 10 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> not only does he not want the smoke that comes from trying to, politi- to politicize this conversation and force SC back into the college football playoffs where they've never been, by the way, not only is he not interested in doing that, he doesn't want the smoke of having this conversation at the height of when there are listeners. What so, is that? So, so here's, what, here's what Mike Bone should do, because here's what happens thereafter. You ready? So Keyshawn is on this morning. And le- let me play for you, LZ, your longtime friend and colleague, mm-hmm. Keyshawn Johnson, Mr. SC himself. Here's what Keyshawn thought about Mike's comments in on the overnight show. Play it. You got this dude coming and being our athletic director from Cincinnati. He doesn't even understand what being a Trojan is all about. Like, why would you even say something like that? Ohio State ain't no bigger than USC. We on the same level, if not better. Like, what, where's his mindset at? Like, you're supposed to be saying we need to be in the same damn conversation. We're both 5-0. and We're both playing in championship games. I don't want to hear nothing about no recency bias. I don't want to hear nothing about no brand. That's what we get for hiring a dude that doesn't understand what being a Trojan is all about. Period. End of the discussion. Oh, my. Oh, my. Now, now, LZ, mm-hmm. now we got fighting words going on here between Key and Mike Bone, or at least from Key to Mike Bone. What do you think? I, I agree with Key. You know, it's not just because we're boys, but it's because he's right. Your job as an athletic director isn't simply to make sure that all the student athletes, you know, graduate on time and, you know, all the checks are are checked off in terms of following NCAA protocols and regulations. It's also to get dirty behind the scenes. Throw your weight around. Threaten if you have to. Bully if you need to. You're at the University of Southern California, and you're acting like Coastal Carolina, being happy just to be in the conversation. That can't be the mentality for this wild, wild west that is the college playoffs. Because every single year, there's a team or two or three that feels as if it should be in the conversation. Every season. But you know what they do? 
they advocate for themselves. They say, hey, we've got one loss. Hey, look who we've beaten. Hey, look at our record. Hey, look who we are. They do that all the time. Why is he acting as if he should be just happy to be mentioned in the conversation? Now, I went and I taught at SC, which was really beneficial because it helped me understand the culture a little bit more. Not all the way. You can't learn it all the way from simply being an adjunct. It, it certainly helps to grow up and be a part of the culture here, to Key's point. I'm not going to argue that. But there are other ways to indoctrinate yourself into a culture when you come in. And the first thing you do is talk to the people who matter, which he didn't do right out the gate. So I don't know what his mentality is or what his plan is, but it's led him up to this point and the criticism that Key and others are giving him is criticism that he's earned as far as I'm concerned. All right, let me respond to that. Let me, let me respond to that. I'm not taking the Mike Bones side here.